the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Hello and welcome to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Selena, would you believe we're on episode 20? If our podcast was a human, it would be able to drink? Or it would be still a baby? <laughs> or it would be 20 days old? Depends on your interpretation. But yeah, it's, how fast you've binged it. It's very exciting to be on episode 20. Here. It sure is. Over the last few months, we've been talking guest lists, wedding budgets, family drama and planning logistics. But today it's time to set all that hard work aside, kick your shoes off, grab a cocktail, because today we're talking honeymoons. It's a very grey day here in Dublin, but in this studio, I can feel sunshine on my skin. I can hear waves in the distance. And that's because we're joined in the studio by professional jet setter Nadia L. Ferdowsi, a.k.a. The Daily Self, who will answer your questions on all things honeymoons. And we're preparing ourselves for a major case of wanderlust after we chat to her. We sure are. Um, I follow Nadia on Instagram and have for quite a while. And I always find myself wanting to go wherever she's been. New Zealand was a particularly tough few weeks for me. (laughs) Her trip to New Zealand was tough for you, Claire. Yeah, like (laughs) she wine tastes in a lot of places she goes. And like I'd be sitting in work scrolling through and just being like, I want to be in a vineyard somewhere. Yeah, I have used the old save function on Instagram Mm. on Nadia's account a couple of times. That is handy for like planning your trips. Yeah, so no doubt she'll give us tons and tons of Insta-worthy honeymoon ideas. I can't wait to pick her brains. One fab day expert wedding tips. We're at the moment of the podcast where we pass on a slice of advice we've acquired that can hopefully make planning your wedding a little bit easier. Selena, you've got a gem for us this week. Yes, so my tip this week is to pick two or three words that sum up the wedding day that you would like to have and use them, refer back to them whenever you're making any decisions in wedding planning. So an example might be wild and whimsical or chic and sophisticated or simple and laid back. It's really feel and vibe, but it could be something like, um, you know, exotic and sun soaked as well. You know, if you're having a destination wedding, it's really just about nailing down that dream wedding in a couple of words it's almost like an elevator pitch but shorter for your wedding so anytime you're really like in the thick of it and you're like god I can't decide which greenery to put in my bouquet is it eucalyptus is it something else you can go back to this is this wild and whimsical is it wild and whimsical and it's either a yes or a no yeah and it will just help you I suppose like tap into that gut instinct and really understand you know more it, it will help you understand better I think what your dream wedding is and looks like yeah and it'll definitely help your suppliers understand as well it's a great one to trot out in sort of introductory emails to suppliers when they want to know more about you and your wedding alongside you know the basic facts of your venue and your partner's name it's good to throw in like a little descriptor the one fab day wedding podcast After all the madness of planning and hosting a wedding, every newly married couple deserves a break, whether that's a staycation, a mini moon or an exotic blowout honeymoon. But for a couple in the throes of wedding planning, organising flights, accommodation and excursions can often fall to the bottom of your list of priorities. Which is why today we wanted to make a little room in all the wedding planning chatter to talk honeymoons. Whether you're jetting off straight after your wedding or leaving a few months to recoup your savings, it's never too early to start planning your post-wedding getaway. And we've got the perfect person in the studio today to get us inspired. Travel writer, wine aficionado, makeup artist and all-round glamorous lady Nadia Elfordisi. Nadia has been to Jordan, New Zealand, South Africa and Fiji and that's all just in the last few months. So it's safe to say she knows her stuff. Thanks for coming in. What (laughs) intro. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm going to be so jealous by the end of this conversation. I'm going to be on Skyscanner like within moments (laughs) of leaving the studio. I can already feel it. 
it's funny because I've been on a million honeymoons, but I've never been married. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was our first question is we wanted to know if you were going to book your honeymoon tomorrow. Where would you go? You didn't tell me this one in advance. <laughs> well, I want to keep some, <laughs> to keep some <laughs> sneaky ones to catch you off guard, you know. Well, I get asked this question a lot and I have said South Africa for mm. the last few years, but I went back again this year and now that I've done it again, maybe I'll choose somewhere different. Yeah. Like you said, I was also went to Fiji this year and I think I would want to go back to the Pacific because I was only there for a week and it's just so exotic. It's so far away. But then I like the mixture of having a city and having adventure, having beaches and that. So mm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard because obviously every couple is different. And for some people, they want something exotic that they maybe will never do again for the rest of their lives. And other people want to go somewhere really familiar. Like if they holiday in Italy every year, they might really want the comfort zone of that or to explore a new part of a country that they've or been to, to loads of times. to do it with a different times. kind of budget. Like even if you stay in Ireland, but to do it on like a big blowout budget would be really exciting. Yeah, like to redo a holiday, but honeymoon style. Yeah. It's true, and I've never had to think about the compromise. You know, you have to obviously bear in mind what the other person wants to do. So you could have to completely... (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm just like, what would I like to do? It would definitely involve wine and sun, but maybe the other person doesn't like the sun or would prefer a beer. You probably wouldn't be marrying I don't think it would work. (laughs) (laughs) Calling off the wedding. (laughs) So would South Africa be your favourite place you've ever been? Or are there other It's definitely one of them, yeah, because it has everything. So you've got the amazing wine, great food, one of the best places for food I think well, that I've ever been to anyway it definitely kind of competes with the med for like amazing ingredients and just everything's so tasty and then you have nice weather you've got good beaches nightlife wildlife nature you know really has a little bit of everything and it would keep a lot of people happy I think the full package and then in terms of Ireland and the UK do you have a favourite spot because I know a lot of our listeners will be thinking of doing a mini moon Uh, right after the wedding which uh, often ends up being closer to home yes so I asked this question on Twitter and I was so surprised with the amount of responses so loads of people have done it already Mm. and they were talking about their own honeymoons and they were just listing off so many beautiful resorts and hotels around Ireland and the kind of main theme was places where there isn't much to do it's just quiet and peaceful and after the stress of planning a wedding and having the wedding day, just doing nothing and not having any kind of anticipation about what the weather's going to be like. Obviously, you can't predict it in Ireland. Mm. So just somewhere where they can get away and Ashford Castle, Adair Manor, Ballyfin. And I mean, these are expensive luxury hotels, but just to chill out and relax and do nothing. Yeah. And if you're going on a mini moon for two days, you know, you can probably justify a bigger spend. I think mm. so. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't been to Ashford since it's been refurbished, but Ballyfin Domain is one of my favourite hotels, maybe in the world, never mind, wow. just in Ireland. It's it's absolutely stunning. And I'm almost sure, yeah, that's where Kim and Kanye had their honeymoon. Oh, yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. They, yeah. they said it was the Castle cinema? March, but it, it was... Yeah, they went to the cinema in Leash, in Port Leash. Yeah. It was an iconic <laughs> moment in Irish pop culture for anyone who missed it. It yeah. was great. So if it's good enough for them, you yeah. know? Exactly. I need to go to Lane. <laughs> And are there any travel destinations that you know are like about to get really popular? It felt like last year everyone was in Sri Lanka. The year before that, everyone was in Iceland. Is there anywhere that you think is about to get big? I would have said Sri Lanka. Unfortunately, at the moment, you know, there's a lot of trouble going on. Mm. Yeah, it was Sri Lanka. Um, Bali was such a popular Mm. destination for the last few years as well. And I think 
South Africa probably is that one that more Irish people it's been very popular for, for the UK for years but I think a lot more Irish people are starting to go there at the moment I think that will be for honeymoons mm-hmm. the biggest yeah. we have to ask as well while we have you here about packing mm. because I feel like I've got packing down but it's taken me like 17 holidays <laughs> to get there I'm sure you're an expert at this stage do you have any packing tips that pertain to honeymoons yes for any like in particular a sun holiday yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. most people would something, be. Yeah. Something a bit relaxing and exotic. Mm. Well, I've kind of pared back my style when it comes to travelling so that it's easier to mix and match things. Mm. So I will stick to black, white, grey and denim uh, or neutrals and then everything mixes and matches. So that's easy. Lots of linen and denim. They're always classic. They don't go out of fashion. You can wear them again so you're not wasting money on your holiday wardrobe. And then one piece is like maxi dresses or floral one pieces jumpsuits playsuits that you don't have to put things together you know it's, yeah. it's all in one and then I always do big hats because I like to keep my head up and face out the sun and big sunglasses and then you don't have to wear any makeup then you look automatically <laughs> glamorous yeah because yeah. that was going to be my next question you always on Instagram look really glamorous and like well maintained whereas when I'm on holidays I'm a sweaty mess and my makeup's coming straight off so have you any beauty tips particularly I guess on honeymoon when people want to look and feel great it's actually about wearing less makeup I don't think you can keep a full face of makeup in the sun so I will definitely try and do less I have been wearing recently those new tanning waters for your face so I would usually keep my face more out of the sun and wear higher SPF Mm. and then it's usually paler than the rest of my body so a little bit of spray on the face is quite nice Um, and then a bold lip color because then it's easy to keep on Mm. you know you can go for a matte shade and then um, you don't really have to do much else I would always get mink or you know the lashes that last a few weeks before you mm. go away because then there's no putting mascara on there's no taking it <laughs> off you don't have to worry about waterproof taking waterproof mascara off is an absolute nightmare yeah. so less is definitely more and then massive sunglasses massive hat and then for photos face the other way <laughs> <laughs> just our best tip yeah, yeah. <laughs> just don't put your face in pictures it's, now we know yeah, your secret it is that simple <laughs> Uh, and I guess a lot of our readers and listeners would do this thing with honeymoons where they go on maybe a very short mini moon and then they postpone their honeymoon to maybe the following year or even two years because the finances aren't there and they the time to plan an elaborate honeymoon isn't there. Is that something you see a lot in travel, like kind of once in a lifetime holidays being, I suppose... Like bucket list holidays? Is that a big kind of Yeah, I think so. And I think it's probably down to Instagram because yeah. we're more exposed to these images. So nobody was talking about the Maldives or Seychelles or all of these destinations maybe 10 years ago. Mm. So it's now that we're seeing these pictures every single day um, that people... And actually, it's become more accessible. It's not as expensive as it used to be. So yeah. air travel is cheaper as well and you can get package holidays. So those destinations, these bucket list places are becoming a lot more popular. But what I always say when people are asking for advice with honeymoons is not to look at what other people are doing. Mm. To have that conversation between the two of you and decide what you want. What do you want to get out of this? You're spending so much money. Um, do you want to be lying on a beach just completely chilling do you want some adventure do you want a bit of culture history food whatever it might be have that conversation and there is going to be a compromise so try not to be kind of led astray because people you know I I get it people are asking Mm. where are you going and they're expecting you to Mm. say the Maldives or somewhere big but what's big for them is not necessarily for you and there is an element of peer pressure I think and I think that probably is pretty stressful yeah yeah like we went to Belize for our honeymoon and it was amazing and I loved it 
but we were so tired like a week on a beach in Spain would have perfectly sufficed a nice resort like we didn't need to do anything that big like it could have been yeah. perfectly lovely That's to thing. stay I think people overlook Europe as well mm. it's so close to home it's much cheaper there's beautiful beaches gorgeous food great wine loads to see and do like I've been going to Spain my entire life and there's so many places that I still haven't seen yet yeah. so I would definitely say give Europe a chance yeah. <laughs> give Europe a chance <laughs> We'll get t-shirts made up later. <laughs> You're a chance. You know, because yeah. like Greece, Croatia, Italy, Spain, there's so many beautiful places that you can go to. And mm. Belize isn't going anywhere. No. You know, you could go to these Hopefully once not. in a li- lifetime places. Well, it was a hurricane the week out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about that. But you do, you know, there are more opportunities in life to go to these places and arguably have more money in hand and have more time to plan it. Because mm. I hate the idea of a couple sort of booking something because they're like oh we just need to get it done we've seven other things to worry about with yeah. the wedding and then sort of regretting it I also think there'd be less pressure to have a good time so if you're going to Belize or somewhere big like that you know if something happens like a hurricane or there's bad weather is that going to be a whole holiday ruined mm. whereas if you're going to Spain or somewhere close to home probably isn't going to be as risky mm. and won't be as big of a deal because you haven't spent yeah. so much money you haven't travelled as far and you can go back probably yeah. within a couple of years yeah, yeah. We got a lot of questions as well about budget-friendly uh, destinations. Is there anywhere that stands out to you that you've been recently um, as particularly fabulous and affordable? I would definitely say Greek islands. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Really affordable. So I went to Kefalonia and Zakynthos last year. Um, really last minute, booked cheap flights. Now, I think, well, I flew out of London, but I mean, you, you can fly to Athens and get ferries mm. or um, you can fly to either of those islands as well. And did Airbnbs hired a car drove around and they have the most stunning beaches just absolutely amazing that look like they're completely filtered and in the Caribbean or somewhere else but there's nobody there you don't have to pay for sunbeds or anything they have these beautiful little Greek tavernas the wine is really cheap um, you can get ferries to different islands there's so many islands in, in Greece but mm. those two Kefalonia in particular has like the most stunning beaches oh that sounds heavenly mm. The food, the food in Greece. Yeah, it's I'm amazing. I'm a big food. My stomach brings me to places rather than my want <laughs> to go there. Yeah. I'm like, where feta. can I get the best food? Yeah, and wine. Yeah. <laughs> and if someone was to hand you a million euro check tomorrow and say, plan your dream trip, go wherever you want, stay wherever you want, where would you go? I think I'd probably have to do multi-destination. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I would like to go back to the Pacific, so maybe French Polynesia, Bora Bora, something like that. Um, and do some sailing and I would need millions for doing that because it's the most expensive thing you can do but it's a crazy expensive so do some sailing and um, and then I would have to do something action packed I might go back to New Zealand actually I love hiking and could potentially do like bungee jump or you know some yeah. kind of water sports because I would get bored yeah on, on a beach I would definitely mm. get bored I couldn't do just that so I'd like to see I'd like to have a long enough time to be able to to relax and have some activities so I think it'd be long haul and it would be first class so a good chunk (laughs) of my money is going to go for (laughs) yeah so one I think one of the questions that you had said to me before was if you were you know budgeting and you wanted to splurge where would you spend that extra money and I think an upgrade on flights really yeah I think it's so worth it Um, it depends on if you're the kind of person who spends a lot of time in your hotel. So if you're somewhere where you'd be doing a lot of sightseeing or down at the beach and that, you probably aren't going to spend a lot of time in your room. Mm. So I don't know if I would necessarily get the best room that's available in the hotel. 
you're not going to have a better sleep. You know, you're still going to be eating the same food. So it, it just depends on where you want to spend your money. But I think the experience of having a chauffeur, a driven car come collect you for the airport, going to the lounge, having the champagne when you're bored, all that is, you remember it. So spending on experiences, I think, mm. is worth it. I guess the first class flight is an experience in itself. Definitely. Yeah. Or business. It doesn't have to be first class. Yeah. <laughs> I want first class. <laughs> Claire's like, give me the good champagne, yeah. please. They actually do have different champagne business in first. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's such a hierarchical situation, <laughs> but I wouldn't be complaining if I was at the top of the pyramid. No, no, no. So you mentioned New Zealand and South Africa as places for a mix of relaxation and adventure. Is there anywhere else that would be up there with those two? Because that's one thing that... I think is the majority of our readers are looking for is a mix of both. I think California is another great location to go. So you've got beaches, of course, surfing, water sports. Um, You can actually be within a couple of hours skiing in mountains. It's crazy. Um, If you go north, you can go to the wine country and go to Napa and Sonoma. You have L.A. where you can go to Hollywood and have nightlife. Uh, has really a little bit of, of everything there as well. I think you could keep most people happy there. Mm. Um, Thailand, I guess, because you could do a few days in Bangkok and have the city, go to the markets, go to temples, mm. do all that kind of stuff, and then go fly down to Phuket and do their amazing for luxury resorts. So mm. like so centered for for honeymoons, um, and reasonably priced as well, like good, good value. Mm. Yeah, Thailand, I guess you get a lot of. A lot of cocktails for your book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Buckets, whatever. <laughs> Buckets of cocktails. Uh, and Claire recently wrote a feature on our site about buddy moons. Have you heard of this trend? No. Okay, take it away there, Claire. Describe it so, in 30 seconds or less. Actually, we've had a couple of real weddings on the site where the couples have done this and a friend of mine went on someone else's buddy moon. So it's a group of friends that all go away together after the wedding with the couple. So it tends to be either after a destination wedding. So like say the couple have come okay. home from Australia to get married and they go around Ireland with all their Aussie mates. Oh. Or they all head to a festival or get a villa or something like that. You'd have to be very good friends. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah, it's like a it's, risk. Yeah. I yeah. could see lots of issues presenting themselves. I like the It's idea. your holiday, but yeah. it's also their holiday. Mm. It's so nice stressful. to keep the party going, but... I think if you wanted to do that, cruise would be a really good option. Because on a cruise, everyone can do their own thing, but then you can come back together as well. And then there's never any issue with money because everything is kind of, if you've ever been on a cruise, like you have maybe a wristband and everything's attached to that. So if you get a drink, you can just charge it back or whatever. And the tip is already included. So there's none of the splitting bills or anything like that. So you can go off and do your own bits during the day and then maybe come together for meals and things. So you could probably have a little bit of both that way. And there's less of the logistics and organising. So, because that could be stressful. Organizing yeah. a group holiday is a lot of stress. I think. Yeah. It would be difficult as well to, I suppose, if you're on your honeymoon and you're feeling a bit like splashing out, your friends necessarily aren't feeling that same way. So it'd be difficult to pitch the cost of That's things true. like accommodation and where you go for dinner and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. it's a nice idea. I like yeah. it in theory. I like it in theory, but theory. I think you have to be aware of how wrecked tired you're going to be after your wedding. And you mightn't want to be hanging around with other people. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think there would have to be a really good reason for it. Like you said, if someone's coming home from Australia or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And you've mentioned before, I know you were saying, like I saw on your Instagram that you talked about how you were trying to hit this like number of countries before you turned 30. And then you realise, oh, I actually really like 
returning to old places and seeing them better and would you be an advocate for packing a lot into a holiday or doing it more slowly and just maybe hitting one or two stops and really seeing them and really experiencing them well, you're obviously a long term follower <laughs> on Instagram because that was a couple of years ago <laughs> I just remember reading at the time because yeah. it totally resonated with me I was like mm. yeah because I always feel like it's a bit of a cop out to go back to the same place again but actually when you're seeing a new side of it or getting to know it better it can be really nice yeah so I wrote something about going back to the same countries again and there is that again it's Instagram isn't it it's that kind of you know trying to hit the list and your bucket list and all that kind of stuff but like I said with Spain you know I've been going my entire life and there's so much there that I still want to see I haven't been to Seville and I want to go to the Game of Thrones filming locations and um, there's no kind of shame in, in, in going back to somewhere that you've already been. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend who went on her honeymoon to Vegas and New York and New York because it's her favourite place in the world. So she knows she's going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of eliminating a bit of risk there. So if you go somewhere new, you don't know what it's like until you get there. Yeah. So actually going back to one of your favourite places is a great idea or maybe it means something to you. Maybe it's where you got engaged or whatever it might be. So yeah, I think actually if there is a place that you went and loved why wouldn't you return? And when you've been somewhere and you tick it off your list, you haven't really seen it. You haven't seen everything. You're going to have a different experience every time you go. Yeah. Different people, different time of year. You're going to see different things. Unless it's a tiny place where there's nothing else to see <laughs> or do. It's going to be different every time. So just because you've been there once, it doesn't mean you've seen everything. You can go to another part of it. Like, I mean, there's so many parts of Ireland that I still haven't yeah. seen. I'd love to do a road trip around that would be quite nice actually I just saw this video maybe you've already heard of it it was um, I think it's called Ultimate Irish Road Trips and it was a couple who filmed their honeymoon doing the Wild Atlanta Way I think it was from Slayhead to Ackle and they had this gorgeous soundtrack over it and the weather was beautiful and it just looked the, like the most idyllic very simple like they were just at the beaches and in pubs with live music and even though they're here in Ireland it was still like the most amazing honeymoon mm. It's yeah. like, it doesn't have to be somewhere new it doesn't have to be somewhere really exotic either I don't think yeah yeah that's a great tip about like trying to I suppose close out the Instagram chatter around travel like I know I personally find it quite hard to follow loads of travel accounts on Instagram because I get so overloaded and then yeah. everything kind of almost starts to look the same and you feel like if you're not on a beach on a Tuesday morning like are you even <laughs> living life um so it is tricky to kind of go, well, actually, no, what appeals to me and my personality and what I want out of this holiday and mm-hmm. how much time I have. Yeah, 100%. Because when you're looking at Instagram and travel bloggers, that's their job. So, you know, they're doing that all the time. And also, you see a picture on the beach, then you have to go and edit it and you have to go and come off the beach. You can't be in the sun and you have to go and do your work. So you're not chilling out there all day having a great time. You're just seeing a snapshot mm. of it. So, But it's hard not to. Everyone posts, you know, the best snippets of their life on Instagram. So it's difficult not to be swayed by it. And, you know, there are some good influences on on Instagram as well. You might see places that you never have thought of before. Mm. I've seen a girl recently, is in Tenerife, and my dad lives there. I, I've been going forever. And I was looking at it going, wow, I did not know it looked like that. She was just in a different part. Mm. And hiking and in wineries and out on boat trips. And I was like, wow, this looks amazing. So sometimes you do learn something new. It's not always just in your face. I suppose you can never really tick somewhere off your 
bucket list like anytime I travel to a new country I come back and I just go well that's the surface barely scratched yeah and I have so many plans of other parts I want to see and other things I want to do it kind of makes you decide then if you want to go back like yeah I like that I'm, I'm gonna go back or yeah yeah you almost like enough. are in the airport on the way home going okay can I book flights for my next trip back <laughs> here right now and if you have say two weeks somewhere how many stops would you tend to do or how often would you move on from town to town if I did a two week holiday I wouldn't want to move more than twice I would say okay having to pack up all your stuff and move to a different location takes up so much of your time mm. and then you can't check into the next hotel because the room's not ready or you have to check out early and I and you can just be waiting around for transport and stuff like that so I do think it wastes a bit of time so if you need to factor that in to the overall so you might be thinking okay we're flying it's an eight hour flight to get there but if you're moving a couple of times it's going to eat in a couple of days so I wouldn't want to move more than twice in two weeks that's a great rule mm. mm-hmm. yes we should go to our Instagram questions so we did a shout out on Instagram for anyone with honeymoon questions and we were inundated with responses so we'll get through as many as we can we could do a bit of a quick fire round <laughs> uh, do you have recommendations for sustainable honeymoon destinations not so much destinations more so who you book with mm. so there is a company called um, Jakarta Travel and they do bespoke um, itineraries so honeymoons is a big focus for them and they mitigate all the carbon emissions for all of the trips that are booked through them so they donate money on your behalf of each person that's traveling to um, Cool Earth is, is the organization they donate to and so they are their their program is the Peruvian Rainforest Preservation so for every passenger that travels with them they um save an acre of rainforest so looking for companies like that who are responsible more so than destinations okay so if a couple is looking for all out romance where should they go I think it needs to be somewhere secluded with little distraction so it would be the likes of the Maldives or the Seychelles where you've got a lot of privacy yeah yeah, that's a good joke what is a good place for a family moon I would say you want a shorter flight because that's stressful with kids Go for an all-inclusive with Kids Club. So probably the Canaries because you've got sun all year and there's loads of resorts to choose from. And I definitely think you want there to be lots of activities to keep the kids happy. And the adults too. Definitely. Can you give us some recommendations for budget-friendly places to go on honeymoon? So I definitely think you want to stay in Europe. Greek islands, like I was saying before, are so reasonable. And when you get there, you're not going to spend too much. Having said that, I would be avoiding... Mykonos and Santorini Mm -hmm. because they're so popular at the moment they're so expensive Great honeymoon sailing destinations please Well (laughs) (laughs) um, you could do the Mediterranean so Croatia Montenegro is beautiful for sailing and my favourite place for sailing is the British Virgin Islands So this person has written in and said we would love to go to Asia we want to do a bit of travelling and we'd like some sunny weather please Suggestions? You just have to check when monsoon season is. So it's different depending on what part of Asia you're going to. But it could be from around summertime until December, depending on what part. But that said, even when it does rain in these places, it rains and then it's it's hot again. So you just want to check the, the average kind of forecast before you book. Where is good to travel for vegetarians? We wanted to go to Japan, but are worried about the stress of finding food. Yeah, I'm not sure about Japan, but I would say India, Sri Lanka, Middle East, amazing for vegetarian food and Bali I have to say I was in Japan recently and 
I'm not vegetarian, but even I remarked there is a lot of meat there. It wouldn't be the best solution of, you know, there's loads of probably better vegetarian options in Asia. And yeah, and and those ones, I'm a meat eater and I was just eating vegetarian food because it's available and it's really tasty. It's part of their food culture. Yeah, Yeah, Mm. exactly. This reader asks, what's the best time to book a honeymoon? How far in advance should you start looking and are there cheaper times of year to book? If you're going long haul, six months in advance is the best time to get a good deal. So not too far in advance because that's going to be full price, not too close because they're going to go back up when there's less space. So six months in advance. I love how you can just throw out numbers. <laughs> I don't like when people give vague answers. I want a number. <laughs> two, like leave your destination two times in two yeah. weeks. Uh, six months, please. I love it. So we actually got a lot of questions about Zika. Mm-hmm. Someone asked, is Zika still a risk for those traveling ab- abroad? And someone else asked, what's the best Zika-free destination? It is still a risk, but only if you are pregnant or wanting to get pregnant. Um, so according to the HPSC website, um, they say postpone non-essential travel to the Caribbean, Maldives, Central America, lots of places in South America, Fiji, India, Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia. It's It's kind of everywhere so it's not in South Africa this is as far as I know but obviously double check um, South Africa places like Italy or maybe in the USA Hawaii would be a good option as well so it's only if you are pregnant or th- planning to um, but yeah it's still a risk you can still get in a great sun holiday though mm. oh of course yeah definitely Europe go to Europe <laughs> give Europe. Europe a chance our next listener wants to leave Europe oh. uh, they say where's the best place to go for 10 or 11 days outside of Europe um, maybe a Caribbean cruise. So you could fly to Miami. You can go direct from Dublin and then jump on a cruise and that will go around the Caribbean. It would be great. Um, or the Middle East could be a nice option as well. Oman or Jordan or something like that. Nice. Dubai. Beautiful. Uh, someone has asked for recommendations for Fiji. I'd say go to the Yasawa Islands. They are out of this world. If you've ever seen the film Moana, it's Oh, yeah. Exactly like that. Oh. Yeah, even the local islands where just local community live, it looks, it just looks like that. It's stunning. So lush and green and they play, every time you arrive on a new island, they play a welcome song. They have the flowers in their hair. Oh, I love that. It's, it's stunning. It sounds magical. Nice. Closer to home, where should we go if we're staying in Ireland for our honeymoon? So when I asked on Twitter, the Europe came out as the top hotel to go to everyone absolutely oh, loves the Europe wow. and then of course it's I was in saying, Killarney is it? Yeah, I think it's Killarney That's is it Killarney? I think it is Killarney yeah <laughs> we'll double check um, <laughs> and anywhere really along the wild Atlantic way but mm. recently as well I was up in Antrim and I don't know if this is a bit controversial but I think it's almost nicer looking than the <gasps> west coast of Ireland <laughs> It's beautiful it's up there. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. So, um, yeah, coastal for sure anyway, but um, the Europe Hotel. I guess if you're from the South, you might have been on the Wild Atlantic Way lots of times. And yeah. The Antrim Coast just has a totally different vibe and look mm-hmm. about it. So it's nice to try something that's the same but different. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Change it up. Uh, someone asked, uh, should you tell the hotel if it's your honeymoon? Why wouldn't you? I mean, get all the free swag you yeah. can. Yeah. Is I mean, my you might theory. not get anything, but it's no worth harm. a try. Yeah. 100% tell them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I want to experience a new culture or a natural attraction, but my husband wants everything to be city oriented ideas. Probably somewhere in South America, you could do Peru. You could go to Lima and have the city, and then you could go to Machu Picchu and have all the culture as well. So I think a lot of countries in South and Central America would probably provide both. 
So this person wants to know, where are the best honeymoon destinations in Thailand? I think Phuket would have the most resorts that would cater for honeymoons, like luxury hotels. Yeah, when you really want to chill out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm booking a honeymoon to South Africa. Should I go through a travel agent? And if so, do you have any recommendations? Yes, you can do. There is a travel agent called Travel Focus. So travelfocus.ie and they're in Cork and they do tailor-made trips everywhere. But South Africa is one of their locations. So someone asked us, what are the best LGBT friendly destinations? Interesting question. Yeah. Um, Miami would be a great one. Oh, that's a great change. Yeah, Miami would be brilliant. Barcelona. Um, Greek islands again. Think Mamma Mia. <laughs> um, Italy, you can go to Lake Como or Lake Garda. Um, Thailand is a good LGBT friendly one and Hawaii Hawaii be nice I will go to all of those please and thank you <laughs> someone has written in to ask about cruises so this person says I'm deciding between a cruise and a trip to Mexico thoughts I mean that seems very broad to me <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know it's not because you can do both you ah. can do a cruise to Mexico <laughs> oh that sounds great yeah so you can cruise you can do kind of either coast west coast or east coast of America and do then east or west coast of Mexico so on the east you could go to Cozumel and lots of those shorter or even the longer ones as well cruises in the Caribbean will stop in Mexico as well so some of them will focus more and have a few stops there on the west coast would be like Cabo San Lucas and the Baja Peninsula so I, I would do both Oh that sounds great I think if you're attracted to cruise life as I am mm-hmm. a cruise is definitely a good show It's so much fun. So this one brushes off a little bit on what we mentioned before. Should you book the honeymoon suite or the standard room? Yeah, like I said, it's how long you think you will spend in the room. Some people just love hotels and they want to sleep because they haven't slept in in months or whatever it might be. So if you're all about that, yeah, get the honeymoon suite. But if Mm -hmm. you're more into going outside seeing and you're up early in the morning and you're not back until late in the the evening, there's no point. So, you know, it it depends. The only difference would be the amenities in the room. The rest of the hotel is still going to be the same, you know. So do you want to spend that extra money there or, or could you spend it better elsewhere? Mm. You can always do a mix of both. We had like a plush room for a couple of nights and then True. we went off. And but you'd have to make sure that it was at the end. You don't want to yes. go from the nice room and you don't want to downgrade ever. <laughs> but that's a good tip though. If you're doing a lot of like activity based things or you're doing like very active hikes or something like that, that'd be nice to give yourself a nice plush suite at the very end. It's true, but if you have a good one and you're out a lot during the day, I always feel guilty that I've spent so much money on a hotel mm. and I'm not there. Yeah. So, no, I mean more like at the end when you've returned, oh yeah. your hiking boots have been packed away, oh, you're perfect. not getting them out anymore and you want to like relax. Yeah, and we're mm-hmm. not going to leave this room hotel for like 40 hours. Yeah, yeah, that's a good combo. Mm-hmm. This person has asked, where should you go for a last minute mini moon? Inexpensive European destinations if possible, which is your forte, I believe. Give <laughs> Europe a chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greece. <laughs> I'm not working for the Greek uh, tourism board. <laughs> I mean, I really want to go to Greece now. Yeah, it's me too. Um yeah, so definitely Greece, but also um, Croatia started to get more expensive, unfortunately, but Montenegro is a great option. So it's Ooh. just next door. Um, it is much cheaper, much, much cheaper and still absolutely beautiful. Slovenia is another good option. So starting to go a little bit more east and you'll get good value for money. But when it's last minute, I, I go on to Skyscanner and you put it in your dates and you say like Dublin or wherever you are in Ireland to everywhere mm-hmm. and then or Europe. And then it will show you where it has the cheapest flights. Oh, and then you can go from there. Good tip. And our final question is any UK mini moon ideas? When I think of UK holidays, I just love the thought of 
old British pubs, very cosy. So I would probably look at the Cotswolds. Mm. Um, and if not there, last year I went to Swansea Bay in Wales. And it's gorgeous because it has beautiful beaches. You can go for really nice walks. You can go out kayaking, stuff like that. But then it has gorgeous food, really old pubs, really nice hotels. And it just feels very British. Like the holiday. Like the holiday. Like exactly. The, That's what I've had in mind. Yeah. <laughs> like the feature film, The Holiday. Yeah. Um, I can't believe it, but we got through all of the listener questions. Oh. Thank you so much. Um, do, is there anything we have missed in our chat today, do you think? I think we've probably covered... We've covered basically the whole yeah. world. Whole Where would world. you go? So I'm just back from Japan. So I, what we were talking about earlier, I would literally go straight back. Because I did sort of three locations there, but I would love to go back and do, you know, three, four different ones. Definitely. And I definitely want to do a cruise. And I definitely want to do... Um, you want to do the Golden Girls cruise. I want to do the... Go- There's <laughs> a Golden Girls themed cruise where they have like drag Golden Girls shows every night. So that's basically me now. That's my new goal in life is to save up for that cruise. Oh my God. I mean, my boyfriend doesn't want to go there with me on our honeymoon, <laughs> but I'm going on my own. I don't care. I'm just thinking about if I had all the money, um, I'd probably go to Antarctica because it's oh, so yeah. expensive. Mm. Mm. So now that I'm thinking about, yeah, it's it, that's like high on my bucket list. So I would probably, yeah, um, yeah do a cruise from Ushuaia or wherever it is in South America and take that. That's my last continent. So I need to take it off. How cool <laughs> would that be? Your grandkids would think you were so cool. <laughs> yeah. If you'd gone to Antarctica on your honeymoon. That would be amazing. I feel like it's just Prince Harry hanging out there the whole time. Does Prince Harry go to Antarctica a lot? A lot, yeah. Oh. But he's got a baby to look after, Claire. Yeah, he won't be there Not anymore. anymore. <laughs> Where did they honeymoon? I can't remember. There was talk of them honeymooning here. Remember, there was mm. all of this chat about them doing a really low-key um, UK and Ireland honeymoon. So even the royals are a fan of a mini-moon. The royals, Kim and Kanye. <laughs> yeah, all the royals. Everyone wants to go to Port Leash, guys. <laughs> I heard the cinemas are really good there. <laughs> Put it on the bucket list. Nadia, thank you so much. This thank has been so much fun, and I'm sure everyone is soaking in all your tips as we speak. One fab day, listener dilemmas. Each week on the podcast, we dig into our digital mailbag, pull out one of your dilemmas, and hopefully impart some useful advice. So Claire has chosen a listener question this week, and it's an issue that I think a lot of couples will identify with. Yes, it's slightly longer email than usual, but I think this one is definitely worth hashing out. This listener writes, I'm having a real problem with my other half's family when it comes to our wedding and planning it. From the start, they made it clear they weren't happy with their venue. We're getting married in a restaurant and even threatened not to stay at the nearby hotel with us that night, which made my other half really upset. It seems like every choice we make for our day, having both my parents walk me down the aisle, spending a lot of money on a good photographer, even the types of dresses I like, comes with the response, that's not how it's usually done, or I don't think you should be doing it that way. How do I get through the next year without completely pulling my hair out? The last time we visited them, I left in tears because I just feel like they're seeing our day as just one big party we're meant to organise for them, even though we as a couple see it as a day to celebrate our relationship. Have either of you ever experienced this before? Please help. I can't say I've experienced this before because it no. sounds like a pretty extreme example. And yeah. all I could think about when you were reading that out was these people sound like they're not going to be happy no matter what you do. Yeah, and I think as tough as that is, if you and your partner can kind of acknowledge that now, it'll make the next year a lot easier. It's not going to be easy, but it'll make it a lot easier, I think. Yeah, and I mean, 
we also have to think as well past the wedding day like you're going to be married to this person and they're going to be your family forever so it's a lot of pressure to try and I suppose find a nice common ground in the relationship within a year space of planning a Mm -hmm. wedding like you're not going to fix the whole relationship over the course of one wine tasting or one conversation about your wedding dress shopping like this sounds like a big issue that's probably going to come up various times in your marriage yeah and if you don't feel like tackling it which I completely understand and there mightn't be any winning in doing that I think it's time to be a little bit light on the details that you give them and maybe pull back on how much you're sharing with them and give them information on a need-to-know basis include them maybe in one or two elements so that they still feel involved and you're not completely isolating them because that's not nice either But I think when it comes to who's walking you down the aisle or the kind of food you're serving or your dress, indeed, like maybe just don't include them in that at all. Yeah, it's tricky because they have kind of asked a lot of you and in a perfect world, you would kind of go to them and say, listen, I can give you a bit of leeway on four or five decisions that we're making. But it sounds like these people are going to be particularly difficult. And if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. So it's really difficult to know in what areas to kind of take their opinion on, I suppose. Mm. But maybe have a chat with your partner and see if between the two of you you can kind of predict. It's about putting out fires, really, isn't it? Like if you can predict what part of the day they'll really take the most umbrage with. But it's also worth remembering that uh, on the day, they're probably just going to have to go with the flow. They will. And it'll all work out and they'll probably have a great time. And after the fact they might even acknowledge how great it was and how they didn't expect it to be so good because that's something we often hear from our couples when they do anything remotely alternative they say that everyone actually came around on the day and realized how great it was and saw their vision for it I think an important thing to note here is that the most important thing in this is you and your other half and you supporting them in their relationship with their parents because that has to last longer than your wedding day um so it's about letting them take the lead I guess and seeing how they want to proceed because it's their parents and there's no point in you falling out with them and putting them in the middle I do feel for this uh it's not person who wrote in because if it's something like well I suppose you want to think about it from their point of view as well even if they are being a bit unreasonable and maybe they're really uncomfortable because they've never been to a wedding that's anything like your wedding Mm. maybe they have only been to five weddings in their lifetime and they were all in the same hotel you know we're not sure what the situation is show them examples maybe of real weddings we've tons on our site of real weddings that are in restaurants and show them that they can look really gorgeous and they can have a traditional feel or a wedding-y feel show them lots we've loads of examples of couples walking up the aisles with both their parents it's very much is the done thing now and um yeah, there's nothing alternative about it. No, you can always say, well, my friends didn't work perfectly fine, you know, even yeah. if you are bending the truth because it's kind of about putting them at ease, I suppose. So they'll maybe ask less questions and be bugging you less frequently mm. over the course of the year. And also in the meantime, surround yourself with nice people who are supportive, whether that's your friends or your own family and lean into them for help and advice and things like that and maybe lean away from people who are going to be less helpful. Yeah, and cut yourself some slack because planning a wedding is stressful at the best of times and this is a tricky situation. Tell everybody that before the day is out, we shall have a wedding. Or a hanging. Either way, we ought to have a lot of fun, huh? Your non-wedding homework this week. Each week, we encourage you to carve out some time in your schedule for yourself and free your mind of all things weddings. Selena is sharing her latest find for us this week. 
So I became obsessed with these um, lately when I was on holiday, of all things. I should have been out enjoying myself, but I was on my phone reading these called Celebrity Shopping Features. We'll put a link in the description, but also if you just Google Celebrity Shopping Features New York Magazine, you'll find them. And it sounds really boring, but they ask celebrities about all their favorite things to buy, but it's not like mansions or yachts. Oh, is it like what brand of milk do you buy? Yeah, it's really, really boring stuff, but I find it fascinating. So it might be what deodorant they get, what toothbrush they get, what incense they like to use, um, what headphones they use. So it's actually quite achievable stuff. Mm. Uh, Tends not to be very expensive things, but there are just some gems in there. So one of my favorite ones that I read was Victoria Beckham's and she keeps crystals in her handbag, you know, and takes one out and like holds it in her hand for like good vibes. You know, throughout the day, no, you know Claire how like you do that as well. Yeah, as a, let me just get my rose as quartz an, as an adult woman <laughs> in the world. Yeah, um, Amy Sedaris's is amazing. It is fifty items long. Oh, and she's so pedantic about everything that comes into her home. She gets her um, brother to bring her home a specific brand of paper towel from the UK to America every time he travels oh my god because it's pink and she has to have pink paper towels like this is the level of stuff that we're talking about and it is such a good read if you're kind of missing those shows that used to be on years ago where you got to go into someone's house yeah a celebrity's house yeah Mm -hmm. if you're missing cribs this is a great read and there's some pretty like high-end celebrities on there as well I'm excited I'm gonna check it out the one fab day wedding podcast well, that's a wrap for this week's episode of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Thank you for listening. We love hearing your feedback and reading your questions, so drop us a line at hello at onefabday.com or slide into our DMs on social. We're at One Fab Day on all the major social channels. And please, please, please help us spread the word about our lovely podcast. You can do this by rating and reviewing us on iTunes and sending a link on to anyone you know who might enjoy it. It does go a long way to helping other people find us, so we'd really appreciate it. Also, don't forget to head over to onefabday.com for your daily fix of wedding inspiration and information. We've got new features going up every single day. We'll see you there. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.